welcome to That's Rad, Adventures in Life, Love, and Wedding Planning from the Pacific Northwest. I'm Rad, local wedding planner, and this is the amazing Rob. Hi. Hi. That was a short intro for me this time. You, you just done with the, the intros for right now? This is our last it's episode? It's hot. Yeah. It is very hot. <laughs> I'm very pregnant. And this is our last episode. It's episode 18, and it's season two, and... um we're heading into yet another unpredictable wedding season, so... With a heat wave. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm really over it. I'm really over the PHOs. I'm really over expectations of, like, things going, like, More well... Or another. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I get it. Like, couples want something to hold on to. They want some hope. Everyone wants some hope. But I'm, like, sitting here over in realist land, like, but our numbers could go up. There's a variant, and, you know, maybe it's just hormones. Well, <laughs> this is also why people pay you good money to have all of those thoughts and make sure all of those, you know, possibilities are covered. Yes, and the ironic thing is that today's episode is all about... Um, Getting back to normalcy. And <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to events, anyways, there's some things that we should not go back to normal on, like racism and diversity and the hustle culture. Is that the right word for it? I don't know. What is hustle culture? It's like the you always need to be busy, you always need to be going. Like there's no time for self care and self rest. Mm. And, and like if you do that stuff, like people look down on you for not always being busy, kind of thing. So, like that, we don't shouldn't go back to. But I think that a lot of people are looking forward to going back to events that are over 50 people. 100 people, even into the 200, especially um, if you are doing an East Indian wedding, for example. So it's ironic that I feel like this, yet I'm telling everybody <laughs> about what you should consider when you're planning a big event. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's some big events that we are looking forward to. We're looking forward to getting back to like music festivals and food festivals mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like, I definitely think we're going to get there at some point. And I want to preface this episode by saying that, um, even though like you as a couple or you as an event host are super excited for having this big event, please be aware that maybe your guests might not be at the same place as you. Um, because it's, it's been a weird couple of years, almost two years. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, eh? Yeah, it is crazy. So, yeah, these are just things, like, if you are planning a large event to consider. Um, we'll go into some nuances, I guess, about what to consider about having a large pandemic pre, no, post-pandemic <laughs> wedding or event. So they were going to cover six things today and we're going to start with like the most basic, which is making sure that your menu will comfortably fit all of your guests. So I have come across situations where people have said that they are inviting 200 people, but their venue only fits a hundred. 
And there is a large possibility that <laughs> all 200 people come to your wedding. So if you only have a hundred person venue, um, I would definitely only go with sending out invites to a hundred people. Um, and then this way that makes sure that everybody has a place to sit. Um, and you can comfortably let everyone mingle and, like also you don't want to uninvite people like tisk tisk no, <laughs> locations typically have like a limit as the yes. amount of people for like fire issues mm-hmm. and capacity issues totally. and all yeah. that so it's like stuff. you can't even like sneak in like one more person over like the hundred kind of thing and you also want to make sure that like you're including your vendors in your account too because like they've got to sit somewhere mm-hmm. um and the thing is, is that like eat with a really big guest list and if things get like warm, like today, they get really warm and they get really stuffy, especially if there isn't an option to open windows. So, um, and then like the dancing and all that jazz, so, like it, yeah. Check on your venue's air conditioning and heating situation. Um, <laughs> cause you don't want the heat turning on in the random, randomly in the summer too. Um, and the thing is too, is like, I don't know about you, but when it's like super hot in a room, like I don't end up eating that much. No, no, I feel super. And I don't have that much energy either. It just like drains you. Yeah. And so I, like, I feel like if you're going to have, a venue that might get hot and stuffy. If you have too many people in it, then definitely keep that in mind. Cause you don't want to overpack your venue. And then like people aren't eating the food because it's hot food and they're already warm. So that is definitely a factor as well. It'll all go to waste. And that's sad because we like food mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll have people bail out early that probably that would stay longer. Yeah. And now this is just reminding me of that time that we did a wedding at like one of the older buildings in town. And like, you're not allowed to put air conditioning because it's a heritage building. And like we had the windows open, but it still got super warm in there. And we weren't like over capacity or anywhere near capacity. Actually, it just with all the dancing and all the people milling around and like the hot food stations got really warm. And like the guys ended up taking all their shirts off. (laughs) Because it was that hot in there. Plus, it was a summer night. So, yeah. That's my funny story. (laughs) So, my next point here is to have a plan to try and see everyone. So, the thing is, is that people are coming to see you. And if you have a wedding... um, hopefully in the future where you have over 200 people, it's going to be a challenge to spend time with every single one of them. So if you have a four or five hour reception, it's like really tough to see everyone because you're going to get stopped by other people along the way. Um, and then like, you're also going to kind of feel like, I don't know, I would feel guilty if I didn't get around to everybody. Um, and then plus, you don't really get to enjoy your own wedding. And you don't get to spend that much time with people no. either. Like, so, you're just kind of bouncing around from person to person yeah. to person to person to person. Yeah, totally. And you don't get to spend that time, that much time with your your person, with the person that you just 
Yeah, well, and actually, you. it's funny that you say that because I was is going to say that if you have a first look and you take photos before the wedding, you can actually be at your own cocktail hour and you can actually mingle with people there. And maybe even if like have like a welcome party or, or a rehearsal dinner to visit with out of town guests. And, and another really important thing I think when you're doing a big wedding is instead of having a buffet is to skip that and just have a pre-plated dinner. Um, and like if at that point, like you can have the salad basically ready to go, um, or like your catering staff can, and then people are eating right away kind of thing. Um, I also suggest people skip the receiving line. I actually do the, say that for small events and for big events, just because it's kind of like dated and it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. And I think like one of the ideas that a couple had is, um, they wanted to visit each of their tables and have a course of their plated dinner with that table. So we would have like place settings for them at each table ready to go. Um, and they would actually be able to sit and enjoy a course with each of their tables. Of course, they didn't have that many people there. So that worked out really well. But if you have like 200 people, I think, maybe just visit each table during dinner because you're going to get served first. So then it's really easy, um, to go in between courses or like after you finish eating, if you're doing a buffet and then everyone gets some face time and you don't feel like you're just spending the, t- the night trying to get to everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can actually enjoy. Uh, the next thing, that we suggest for really big weddings is skipping the favors and relocating that money to the guest experience. So my, I guess really like, do you remember the favors at any wedding? No, I think 99% of them were like the little blower bubble things. That's just for the ceremony. That's not even a favor. Oh. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's just for photos. That's the only thing that sticks out in my mind for favors. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I like. I do remember some of our guest favors for weddings that we've done in the past, like ones that were like really cute and memorable and had something to do with the couple themselves, like the Kinder Eggs um, for one, that one wedding, and we've done like tea blends and recipes that are like specific to the families, that kind of thing. Um, but like, you know, what I think would be so much more fun instead of giving people a favor is giving them an experience like a photo booth or an ice cream truck, um, or even hiring a band. Like it's like people, if people like to dance, then like the band's like an awesome thing. But I think that ice cream truck would be really great if you're having a summer wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also want to remember that some wedding vendors and items will have fixed pricing, which means that no matter how many guests you have, the price is going to stay the same, like your wedding dress, your photographer, and your DJ. So it's really good to sit down with your partner and see what the priorities are for your budget and whether you're not on the same page with the, the cost impacted vendors like caterers, florists, bartenders. Um, and that's 
one of the exercises we actually do with one of our, with our full plan couples is we get them each to write down their priorities separately and then like their top three and then come together and figure out what it is. And then from there you can figure out where to allocate your budget the most, where you maybe you need to have some compromise. Um, and maybe like where you can like move some things around. Like if you spend less somewhere, you can get an ice cream truck. <laughs> Or more flowers. Or more flowers. <laughs> um, the next thing is using the five-year or five-minute rule of thumb. So basically, and this is going to sound a little crass, but you are buying everyone dinner. That's what we're coming down to here. So the more guests you have, the more it's going to be, ex- more expensive it will be. Um, and... Don't assume that like some people won't show up even if like they live in like, I don't know, Zimbabwe or something (laughs) because basically like when you're making your budget, make sure that you're accounting for every single invitation and every single RSVP and to decide who should even make that cut. We have a handy five year or five minute rule of thumb. So the first one is if you haven't spoken to the person on your guest list within the last five years, then they probably don't need to be on your guest list. Um, the other thing is also the five minute rule, which is if you can't picture yourself wanting to spend five whole minutes with the person that you want to invite to your wedding, then maybe they shouldn't be there. (laughs) And I'm getting some Snickers from Rob right now. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are good rules to have. Yeah. Even though like, I understand like if you're having a 200 person wedding, you might not be able to spend five whole minutes with this person, but at the same time, something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another group that can take up a lot of space in your guest list are coworkers. And we've talked about this previously and this season actually about guest list. Um, so we suggested back then to avoid sticky situations by keeping it to not inviting anyone or only inviting coworkers that you consider friends. And like, it's common knowledge in the workplace that you guys are good friends. Yeah, like if you don't hang out with them outside of work, mm-hmm. maybe don't invite them. Yes, exactly. Um, though I love these so much, make your own bars can get super messy. Like I love that you can do like signature mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and ice cream sundaes and you name it. I think we had a make your own Caesar bar at one point at one of our events, but like a lot of people it gets really really messy and like you'd have to have like just one person there to like make sure everything's refilled and everything's available like otherwise things are gonna go fast <laughs> it becomes a disaster area that too it's a lot of cleanup yeah. so instead we consider doing like smaller treats that are already pre-made and guests can just come and get them like a donut wall <laughs> um and it's still fun. It's still attractive. It's still something that like, you know, people will remember and it adds to their experience. So like, for example, you, instead of having a dessert table or candy bar, which is still really popular, um, you can have like 
grab-and-go desserts like donuts, like I mentioned, cupcakes, macarons. You can have little tiny packages of candy with, like, custom stamps on them. Um, we did one wedding where they had, instead of cutting the cake, they had a wedding pinata, and they smashed the pinata, and then they had little bags made up with candy in them, and that was the favor slash the wedding cake in air quotes. <laughs> so, you know, you can do fun stuff like that. Am I missing anything? I'm forgetting anything? We had the one where the cake was just like cupcakes. It was like tiers of cupcakes. Oh, yes. I remember that. And I, I felt so bad because no one was taking the cupcakes. Yeah. And we had to be like, take the cupcakes. But everyone wanted, didn't want to like ruin the display. And it's yeah. like, but the cupcakes need to be eaten. <laughs> but these are your cake. Eat your cake. <laughs> but like, that's got to say something for the design. Yeah. Yeah. They were really pretty cupcakes. I still eat them. Yeah. They were very good. <laughs> Uh, the last thing that I want to mention is keeping travel time in mind with a large wedding guest list. Sorry, I can talk. Um, if you're, and if you're going to have a ceremony and a reception in two separate locations, you're going to have to think about people coming in from out of town. So for example, if you have 200 guests coming to a destination wedding, that could mean 200 people who could not be familiar with the area having to maneuver either public transportation, ride services, or rental cars. So there's no room for um, in your budget for guest transportation for everyone. Make sure you have maps <laughs> either on your wedding website or include it with your invitation or, like, have them available. At, like, if everyone's staying at, like, one or two hotels, have them made available, like, when they check in kind of thing. Uh, you also want to consider that you're going to have to take, like, these people from one event to another if you're having ceremony and reception um, at two different places. So if you can find room in your budget, I would definitely recommend getting um, some sort of shuttle service for in-between. Um but another thing too is like once they're even like even if you're doing one location, it's like hurting cats moving that many people, especially once they've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> so um, you definitely want to work with a wedding coordinator, not biased, not biased here at all, because they're going to know how much time to account for, and they'll also be able to provide or suggest additional event staff so that everyone can be herded in the right direction so that you can actually have your dinner because you've probably had a really long day by that point and have not had very much food. <laughs> so let's cover our COVID nuances. Currently under the June 17th, 2021 PHO, you are only allowed 50 people. You're not allowed mingling. You're not allowed dancing. Everything has to be seated. So if you're listening to this, um, before the July 1st, 2021 PHO goes into effect, please know that this is meant for future events, not for anything currently. Uh, another thing that I'd like to mention is that if event spacing and um, like the keeping the six feet between tables and keeping six people at a table continues on in July 1st, you definitely still want to make sure that you have a big enough venue to accommodate. Do not go gung-ho on inviting more people yet because <laughs> you might have to make up for all that space. Another thing that might stick around um, is hand sanitization stations. So definitely think about that. 
when you're figuring out like your flow of the floor plan and all that jazz, um, and especially make sure to have lots of hand sanitizer on, on hand because it's, if you're going to have a large event and we're allowed to have them, you need, you're going to need like buckets of hand sanitizer. <laughs> Costco. <laughs> Go to Costco. Uh, if the, and then the last thing really, I think this would be the last thing is that we touched on it in the beginning in terms of comfort level. So I know in the States, um, more so than I have seen anywhere across Canada, people are doing like, um, bands, like color coded bands, like red, yellow, or green to say like what a guest is comfortable with. Um, I've also heard of people asking for proof of vaccination. Um, there's, and like the questions, the questions have to still be asked currently. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen after July 1st here in BC if we still have to ask those COVID questions and take down like contact tracing information and all that. But um, if you are a couple that's throwing a large event and you are worried about those kinds of things because like the COVID isn't going anywhere, then it's something to consider for like staffing purposes to have somebody on site just to like take care of the contact tracing portion at the beginning. Um, other than that, uh, masks I hear are going to go away or they're only going to be recommended as of July 1st of 2021. So, and I would have masks maybe on hand just in case there's some guests who don't feel comfortable and maybe they forgot their mask at home or something because you just never know. Yeah. It's everyone's always, own comfort level. Always good to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we are really hoping that the next time we talk at all of you that we want to have to talk about the pandemic and the restrictions. Um, we are also going to be welcoming our baby in late September, early October. So life is going to get a little more unpredictable and we are not sure when we're going to be back with another season. So, Fingers crossed for the fall, because that's what we're hoping for sometime late fall. But if not, uh, we might talk to you guys in the winter. We'll see how it goes. We'll yeah. see how baby's schedule is. Keep your fingers crossed for us that the baby likes to sleep. Yeah. And we can <laughs> come back and have podcast episodes. So in we will keep you all tuned on our social medias when we'll be back with season three. And in the meantime, stay rad. <laughs>